All right, everybody, welcome to the Wednesday edition of Locked On Avalanche. I am Chris Baselli, along with Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan here on the Locked On Podcast Network. On today's episode, the, the official NHL Twitter page posted a graphic with their top breakout candidates of the season. Two Colorado Avalanche players were on that list. We'll discuss that. We will take a look. It's always fun guessing about contracts. And two that are coming up after this coming season are Alex Newhook and Bowen Byram. We'll kind of maybe guesstimate what we think those contracts will look like. And as far as power ranking goes, uh, I, I always throw this out there. And now that my team is in the driver's seat, uh, should the defending champion automatically be rated as the best team in the league or should you take into account things that happen into the offseason and if a team it just looks incredible should they bypass the defending champion uh on day one of power rankings and if you like power rankings like we do that's something to talk about if you don't like power rankings you're just gonna have to suffer through this one (laughs) let's do it you're locked on avalanche your daily podcast on the colorado avalanche Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I I want to somehow, maybe I'll just throw this out there and just have everybody say, all right, hold us accountable uh, for what we predict these Byram and New Hook contracts that we're going to do a little bit later uh, to see how off we actually were or how close we actually were. Um, it's always fun to look back and, and I don't know, I, I, they, they could go in so many directions with this. Uh, we'll have to see, but we'll talk about that in a minute. First things first, thank you for making this your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. You can follow us on social media outlets, LOP and underscore avalanche on Twitter, locked on avalanche on Instagram, questions, comments, concerns, opinions, locked on avalanche at gmail.com and follow us on our YouTube channel. Over on the YouTube, hit subscribe, get notified when a new show goes live. Uh, we'll start with the NHL and their Twitter page. <clears throat> and they posted a graphic which says, uh, look for these guys to reach another level this season. Who do you have your eye on? Um, the interesting thing about it is they don't put, they have 10 guys up here. <clears throat> they don't put a number next to them. I don't know if this is supposed to be like one through ten. Like, how did you take this? Like, I, I mean, feel Sp- like Spencer Knight is at the very top. Um, so do you, I mean, I don't know. Like, is it are these just 10 guys or are these like rated 10 guys? Like Spencer Knight is your number one top breakout candidate. Yeah, I feel like it was kind of put up in a very loose manner, but when you look at that list, like Spencer Knight being at number one, yeah, it makes sense because it's about time. Yeah. And then you have Evan Bouchard at number two. So that's how, whenever I see lists like this, I'm immediately thinking like who you have at the top is who you think is going to be the number one in whatever this graphic is. In this case, top breakout candidates. So they do have two Colorado Avalanche players on here. And they are number three and number four on this list. So if we are looking at this as a one through 10, you have two players, one right after the other, in the top half of this 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 graphic and they are at number three alexander Georgiev, 
in goal, which we have talked about a lot on this Member show. of the Colorado Avalanche. We got to yeah. say that. We got to get used to it. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and right after him at number four is Bowen Byron. Mm-hmm. So uh, a couple interesting things there that, you know, they they maybe feel like Georgiev is, is a bigger breakout candidate than Bo Byram. Um, I don't, whatever. I don't, if, if, I just think it's, you know, good that the Avalanche have two guys on this list. I don't think any other team has two. Nope. There's not. No. So, um, if you are ranking them, would you put Georgiev uh, above Byram in terms of uh, potential breakout candidates for the Colorado Avalanche? It's been two months since we won the cup. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with your give being back there. And you know, the more I think about it, he might have himself a year. He might, might. end up being that goalie that we've been asking for for years and years and years and years and years. Just you put him back there and he's no, a right. solid goaltender. Right. Like we've, we, we made, we shined up Darcy Kemper all we could, did the same for Grubauer, did the same for Varlamov. What if this is finally our number one, the most contested when he came in here between Frankie and the DK lovers? What if this is actually going to be his year, especially with that defense in front of him? You're not really asking him to do much. You're getting goal support. Mm-hmm. Maybe this is the answer. I mean, and and it, you don't know. <clears throat> and that's what we've talked about so many times about him since we acquired him. You don't know. Is, is the potential there? Sure. Um, but I feel like sometimes this is like the the kind of like the the hot thing to do, the sexy thing to do when a guy that exactly like what Georgiev is doing, uh, you know, brought up through through the Rangers, had the opportunity to take over from Henrik Lundqvist. You just had Shesterkin just go go absolutely by like he is the guy now. There's no room for Georgiev. Didn't really. I mean, he didn't play a lot. So that's the one thing when we talk with John on Lockdown Rangers, he's like, he's got to play more. And you can see what you got from him when, when he's playing more games. It, it's all set up for something like a graphic like this. Mm-hmm. A guy who hasn't been given a lot of opportunity is going to now. Yeah. So he's going to make that list. We did that with Philip Grubauer. We, when we took in Grubauer, it was, if, if a graphic was made then, he would have been on that list too. We inherited someone who's got all the potential in the world, was a backup, performed great in the in the playoffs. So like now, like everything was trending up for him when we acquired him. So yeah, he he, he had breakout potential. Georgiev's not at that level of when we acquired uh, Grubauer, but he's he's got some of it. He's definitely got some of it. So um it it's it is a wait and see thing. Mm-hmm. It is a, it is the yeah, I mean. It's possible, and you're, when you're playing on a, a really good team like the Avalanche, it's like we've said so many times before, even with Grubauer, even with Kemper, they can make you look better than they are. Um, I think they will with with your give will, will benefit from that, but he's got to perform too. He just can't sit back and say like, "Yeah, they'll they'll take care of everything." And oh, that's what I was just about to say. Between the two Avalanche, with Bo sitting at four, your give sitting at three. He really doesn't have to do all that much to quantify the, hey, he's going to have a breakout year. 
he doesn't have to do all that much to have a breakout year when you really have a low baseline when it comes to production. <laughs> Bo still has to surpass his own teammates, uh, both forwards and D, to be noticed. So for him to break out, he has to go through the ceiling to be noticed and put up numbers. And that's a tall task for Bo. It's an easier path for Georgiev. Yeah, well, the interesting thing with Byron, like it's two different things. For Georgiev, it's it's performing well to a high standard. For Byram, we've seen him kind of perform to a, a good level. I think for Byram, like the breakout phrase means like becoming more of a, a household name. You know what I mean? I think Byram is going to have a fantastic year. So I think it's easy to put him on that list, but it's for a different reason. Thank you, Georgiev. Georgiev has a lot to prove. So does Byram in in a way, but um, we we've seen kind of glimpses of that from him. So I think for Byram, the breakout is like superstardom. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, maybe not. Maybe it's too early to tag him with that. But um, I think if he can play a a full year, not have those injuries creep up, um, you will see a full year of what Bo Byram can do, and then he's just going to get more recognition throughout the, the the stats are going to go up the numbers are going to go up yep. just if he plays more games uh but he will you know for for byram it's going to be like jersey sales yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean like that's that's the breakout for bo byram it's not gonna be for georgiev georgiev isn't gonna sell anywhere near uh you know jersey wise for byram that's like kind of like a litmus test for him is a breakout for him is is just becoming a household name Yep. And that's going to, on this team, it's going to have to take something where it's like stringing together games. It's not just having explosive game here and there. That happens top to bottom on this roster. Yeah. You have to string it together. I mean, point per game pace to be noticed. Like you have to string it together, have a really hot stretch, be up there at the top when it comes to the Norris conversations. Like we talk about yeah. every time we talk about Sammy G, um, you have to be noticed and you have to put it together and having a full year getting back on the other side of the concussion issues, seeing if we can maintain being on this side, Bo's got a road to go and maybe this is his breakout season, but we'll have Could to be. see. Yeah, you're right. It could be. And, and when you have that top pairing, yeah. uh, you, you have a lot of layers you got to go through to get noticed. So he, he's got the capability to do it though. And it would benefit him to do so. Because he will be a restricted free agent next year. Avs have his rights, obviously. So him and Alex Newhook, their two first-round picks from a few years ago, will have contracts waiting uh, or deals that they need to finish up. What could they look like? Kyle and I will discuss that right after you hear from BetOnline.net, which is your number one source of all your pro and college football betting needs and sports for this season i mean the nfl season basically here uh, tonight yeah uh well does it not kick th- off on thursday th- night thursday night yeah thursday night this, this is, is tuesday so this, this is wednesday we are, people are listening to this we're, we're yeah we're wednesday we're a day ahead but uh there. what an opening game that they're gonna have man like that yeah you gotta give the nfl credit that opening game like they usually bring it with that it's always a super bowl champion up against a good team, but not everybody's like favorite in the Buffalo Bills. A uh, lot of scratch is going to get put down on that game. And you got uh, the Denver Broncos. We have to wait till Monday for that. Uh, 
And that's usually the case. Broncos play a lot of week one Monday night games. Uh, this year is no different. So it's it's good, but I always like having them in the mix with Sunday with all those first week games. And we're just going to be sitting there waiting for the time to pass so we can get to Monday yeah. night. So, which will be a big betting game, by the way, with uh, Russell Wilson returning to Seattle. Uh, final, all of your latest football league developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games, like we were just talking about. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. It is betonline.net where the game starts. All right. So, Bo Byram and Alex Newhook, uh, like we said, will be. We'll be due some contracts in this next offseason. And it's kind of tough to, to guess what they could look like because there's so many factors coming into play. Well, maybe not so many. One definitely is the Nathan McKinnon contract, which just seems to be hanging over everything. Mm-hmm. So and, and if that's not done... Uh, going into next offseason. That's another thing that the Avalanche, they will have those three guys that they need signed. And and if Nathan McKinnon can sign, that just like now, <laughs> today, uh, that just helps the Avalanche prepare for things like yeah. Bo Byram and Alex Newhook. If he's not signed going into next offseason, there's so many things that the Avalanche have to, to figure out. And how do you – I mean, the good thing about Newhook and Byram is that they're restricted. So you yeah. don't have to get to them immediately. But could someone come in there with an offer? And, yeah, that's always possible. But teams don't do a lot of that anymore because they're so expensive now. Um, I don't see that happen. Well, I'll say this. If a team is going to do it, I think it probably would be with Byram mm-hmm. over Newhook. Uh, but you would be paying Byram a lot, which means you'd be giving the Avalanche a lot in draft picks and first-round draft picks. I don't think it will happen with either of them, and I think the Avalanche will sign them and everything will get done. It's possible that they even sign them during the season just to get it over with. But you want that McKinnon contract is just looming because it's going to be so big the Avs need to know what they have to work with to sign guys like Byram and Newhook. So I guess with not, a, you know, just forget the McKinnon thing. We can't really worry about that and, and work these numbers around what he could potentially make. Uh, just going off of Byram and Newhook, what do you think term and money wise uh, for the two restricteds? And do you go bridge? Now, given what we've seen out of the two players so far, even with the concussion issues, I feel like out of the two, Bo Byram is your more valuable player. Mm -hmm. And I feel like just looking at Bo, it just would be kind of poetic to give him a four and a half by four for old number four. Okay, so that would be a bridge then, right? Yeah, because that would bring him up to 26, yeah. You're you're still kind of you have the concussion issues on the back of your mind. You have him for one more year. You kind of see how everything's going. The cap, uh, there are the rumors that the cap's about to blow up and it's about to start really raising over the next couple of years. Four and a half for four. Give him a, another little trial trial run with some money in his pocket. Mm. See what he does. 
And at that time, some other contracts will be aging out. You have a better grasp with the Nathan McKinnon contract. Four and a half by four does not sound like a bad idea for Bo. No, I think it'd be okay. And like I said, I would take him to, I don't know when his birthday is, but he turned 22 at some point during the season. I'm, I'm assuming. Um, yeah, because then he turned 21. Yep. I think it was the playoffs. I, maybe it was when they're in the same like a final. I don't know. I, I, June I be 13th. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, so he'll, he won't turn 22 to the end of the, okay. So that would, so that next year would start when he's 22. If they do a four year, it's 26. So that is bridging him and they'll have him again, uh, as a restricted. So that might, might earn him a five to six year deal right there. You mean after the four year deal? I think if they do that, if they do a four year deal, everything pans out the way you expect it to. He's getting a, a, max con- I, I think he's m- going way beyond a four or five hmm. i think he's probably going an eight-year contract with the alley go seven seven uh, they i mean they they have his right they could do an eight-year deal with him if they wanted to yeah they could go eight years and go massive they really really could um what about new hook what do you think he he gets oh now another one <laughs> This is where training camp gets a little interesting mm-hmm. because the seat gets a little hotter for those fringe players. Um, New Hook is, if he doesn't have himself a breakout year and find his role on this team, he could be the new JT Comfort. You know, your Tyson Jost. When everything goes wrong, you point the finger. Mm-hmm. Like He's got to step <clears throat> up. Um, he's got to do a little bit more. And coming out of this, just... On its face, I'd go three by three, three by four. Because I, it just yeah. nothing about New Hook wows me right now. And you could get this production somewhere else. Well, it doesn't wow you right now, but it could. It like could. He, he's twenty-one too. You yeah. know what I mean? Like he, some sometimes guys take a few years to really develop and and come into their own. And I and I still expect that from Alex New Hook. And that's where this get this gets interesting because what do you do if you're McFarland and, and Sackick? Do you sign these guys now to whatever it is, whether it's a bridge or uh, if it's not a bridge, that, that's a long contract to go into their 27, 28 year contract. If you if you do that, so if you let's say that if, if you don't bridge them, um no, if you no, see how how can you do this, man? Like th- this is going to be interesting. This is going to be really because do you, do you roll the dice and sign them to just contracts now, like today or or before the season starts? Get that deal like Joe Sakic has done in the past, mm-hmm. like kind of deals like with with Sam Gerard and things like that. Get a deal done now because it might benefit you. You might get a little bit lower number because they're not going to play the season, and if Bo Byram goes out and has a fantastic year, his number might go up a little bit. Uh, with Alex New, I think you roll the dice on Newhook hmm. because I don't think he he's gonna I think he's gonna have a good season. I I don't I think he's gonna be a he's gonna be an important player for them. But I don't think it's gonna be enough where he's gonna demand a little bit extra in a contract for a restricted free agent. Byram, he's on the breakout list for NHL.com. He could. So if yeah. you don't sign him now and roll the dice with him, see how a season goes, 
and he has that breakout year, now you're going to have to pay him a little bit more. So it's really I, it, it, like I would say sign Byram now because you could get him at a, at a, at a good price um, and you roll the dice with new hook because if he has a, an iffy year, you're not going to have to overpay for him on a restricted free agent contract. I say, yeah, I completely agree. Bridge bow now. Let new hook go all the way to that 11th hour of that deal. What for his restricted deal? Um, I, you know, I, I, I don't, there's just don't... something about it and the contract and what's coming up and what other teams are trying to put together and maintain. I feel like with production on uh, barring him having a breakout year, I feel like his talent right now could be found elsewhere. We're just kind of growing and seeing and what he could do. But if this is what we get, we can, we can do something else. Well, I mean, if his, his talent production might be seen elsewhere, but what does that elsewhere cost? That's what you always have to ask yourself. Like who, who would it be? What age are they like? What contract are they looking for? And if the abs like what they see, if they see a nice progression from him, uh, and you say, okay, like that's what we wanted to see from you this year. And we can continue that. Here's a deal for three or four years. I, I, I don't know. I, I feel like guys like Kale McCarr, and that was a big question with him. Like, do they, do they bridge him? Um, and the answer was no, they didn't do that. They want to lock him up for as many years as possible right now and then have all the confidence that you can sign him again when the current deal is up. I don't get that. I mean, Kale McCarr is a once-in-a-generation player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alex Newhook is going to be a very good player, and Bo Byram could potentially be superstar. But even Bo Byram's superstar is not going to be at the level of Kale McCarr. It'll be up there. Uh, but having said that, I kind of feel like both these guys get bridged and then see what you have at the end of a bridge deal, and then, okay, do you both cash in uh, at the bridge deal, or we see what we have in another four years. If I was McFarlane, I would let Newhook walk and no. usher in the era of oh. uh, Spencer Smallman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I gotta get me a, a Spencer jersey. Yeah, Spencer Smallman, okay. number seventy-five. You've heard it here first. <laughs> I, I'm but, glad you were joking on that because. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think New Hook's going anywhere. I no, like. It, I, like I wouldn't be surprised in either scenario if they're both bridged or if they, but both staying. Um, mm-hmm. New Hook, his his fate is in his hands. Yeah, yeah. Just the expectation right now is more for uh, Byram to really come into his own earlier than New Hook. New Hook will, but. You never know, man. Like, some, like remember Nathan McKinnon had good seasons mm-hmm. after his rookie year, and then just exploded. Um, I'm not saying Alex Newhook is going to do that, but one of these years we're expecting him to really kind of like come into his own. You don't know. I just Could I it, don't I mean, want he, I don't want to see Newhook turn into Matt Nieto. That's all I'm worried about. Why or you you eh. you just do another year? 
I know your potential. You can do it. Another one year, 1.2, and then another one year, 1.2, and then you're doing the same for the Sharks. You definitely want to see him step up this year for mm-hmm. Newhook. You want to see him take a nice step forward. And then if you're the Avs, you say, okay, this is what we have to work with. Let, let's come up with some sort of deal right now. If you can continue to do this for another three or four years, you're, you're going to cash in. Yeah. So he's more of the, I say, question mark, not in a bad way, just number wise yep. than than Byram is, if you ask me. So we'll see how it goes. We got another whole offseason, maybe, unless they want to at some point during the season sign those guys. So we'll see. Last thing to get to is, like we said in the beginning, the power rankings. You can kind of go wherever you want to go, whatever website you follow uh, for hockey. And I'm sure they do some sort of power ranking. Um, I haven't really gone through too many to see where the abs rank, but the few that I have still have the avalanche at number one. And, you know, it's always a question that I like throwing out there in, in should the defending champion um, automatically be like the number one team going into the following year, unless something catastrophic happens to them and they have like a fire sale for some reason and just get rid of so many players uh, that didn't happen for the abs. You know, Kadri is a, a big loss. I think Kemper is a, a good law, a decent sized loss. Um, Burkowski, decent loss. You know what I mean? Like some, so you have some losses on this team. You've signed, you've kept guys, majority of the, the, the guys that were free agents around. Um, so that's the question is what the Avs have done in the offseason, keep them as the favorite or the number one in the power rankings, or is there another team out there that had such a great off season that they should catapult to number one when we go to puck drop? Well, last year, this conversation, I, I think you brought it up last year, probably. And there, I think you brought it up with Adam on the uh, lockdown NHL because it was yeah. a very good question at the time because Tampa Bay was getting older back to back their older team. Should they, and you've seen everything Colorado is putting together and you brought up the question, does Tampa Bay deserve to still be number one with everything Colorado's doing? Well, we answered that question. Going into this season, there hasn't been a team that is comprised like Colorado. And it's and I know when you're looking at Colorado, you want to think of Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen, that top line. It's the defense. Defense mm-hmm. wins championships, baby. Yeah. And that's what that's that's what's doing it for the Avs. It's what's bolstering the goalie position. And helping the forwards, it's defense first. And I don't see another defense in the league that scares me as much as what Colorado does. If I take off this the avalanche colors and throw on another sweater, the defense for Colorado scares me. And there's not another team that stacks up to it. I think some teams had some some good off seasons um, with signings and things like that. But yeah, like is there is did anybody do enough? to really unseat the avalanche. I don't, I don't think so. And like you're talking about last year, I did talk about it with Adam and, you know, bet online last year had the avalanche going into the regular season as the favorite. So take that for what it's worth. But in terms of, you know, power rankings and things like that, like, I don't know, last year was interesting because yeah, they did get another year older in terms of the, the Tampa Bay lightning, but they had a, they still had a good team. Mm-hmm. So the last year was a good question because it's okay. They're the defending champions. They didn't lose too much. The abs are, you know, kind of odds on favorites, depending on where you go to get your lines. Um, 
so that was a good question because it's like, okay, if you want to leave Tampa there for the opening week, okay, you can make the argument for the Avs, but they haven't won it yet. And some some people are like the purists and the traditionalists, like, no, it's still Tampa until they're unseated. It doesn't really work that way in terms of a, a you're not going to just going to keep Tampa Bay there all season long for a hockey yeah. season. But to start the season, I get it. Last year, for this year, it's kind of the same thing. I don't think anybody did anything extraordinary. I, you know, the one team who I, I thought had one of the best off seasons was Ottawa. I was about to say Ottawa. But you're not going to put Ottawa at number yeah. one right now. They haven't proven anything, <laughs> so they still have to go out in the ice and prove something. But you know. You're, you're not going to do that with Ottawa. So uh, I think the Avs are kind of comfortable in the number one spot, at least for right now. And I think every team behind Colorado is sitting on a question mark. Um, Colorado is the only real proven team. Like talk about Toronto. They're always a question mark on what mm-hmm. they're going to do. Florida, Calgary, question marks, because they basically swap teams and jerseys. Like yeah. you want to talk about Ottawa? Yes, that's going to be interesting to watch. There's a lot of talent and faces, but can they put it all together into a cohesive unit? That's a question mark. Colorado knows what they're doing. That's why they signed the way they did, because they believe in what they're doing. There is not really a question mark. Yeah, we could talk about goalies, but good grief. We could score 10 goals a game if we wanted to. So Mm -hmm. there's no question marks in Colorado. That's a good point, because right now, the, the way you're ranking teams and doing power rankings is on paper. Mm-hmm. because you have not seen any like like you're saying you haven't seen them play together so fine if you want to do it that way you might have someone maybe jumping the abs like calgary because yeah on paper they have a really good team you don't know what the cohesion is going to be like you expect them to be a very good team and they're going to be a playoff team but again is that something that you would say like i i'm i'm more fearful of calgary now than the avalanche mm-hmm. I'm, I can be fearful of Calgary, but more than Colorado? Uh, not right now, no. No. Uh, no. Because, like you said, like the Avs kept guys in-house. They didn't go out and, and grab a, a big name. Like, you know, if, if, if say, Kadri, say the world's reverse, Kadri was on Calgary, and they pulled him in to Colorado. Now what you're saying applies to the Avalanche. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. But everything that the Avs did was kind of keep – Keep the majority of their team. Yeah, you lost some pieces, no doubt about it. Uh, is it so? Are, are those pieces so huge where you would knock them down a couple pegs? Uh, I wouldn't. No, I, I wouldn't knock them down a couple pegs. But maybe they came back to the pack a little bit. But I still think they're number one. They're not getting 119 points this year. They'll get 112. Woohoo! Oh darn. <laughs> yeah, but 112. Is is gonna be is that enough for the division? We we shall see. It's gonna be a, a, a really good division, I think, this year. So yeah. Uh all right, everybody, comment away in the comments section. Who is there another breakout player that you think that could be on, on the avalanche? Um, I have a feeling I'm gonna hear a lot of uh Arturi Lechman name uh, get thrown around in the comments. Oh yeah, for yeah, that. yeah, yeah. He could be a breakout guy. Um, and anything else we talked about, power rankings and and Spencer Smallman. Uh, yes, our our favorite. Um, and, and contracts guesses for new hook and buyer. Throw them out there as well. Um, all right, that's going to wrap it up for today. Thank you for joining us over at the Locked On Avalanche podcast and making it your first listen of the day. Always appreciated. And uh, go check us out on our social media pages. As always, he is Mr. Shaggy Von Doom, Kyle Sullivan. 
I'm Chris Maselli, and this is the Locked On Avalanche Podcast. See you guys on Friday. Go, Abs, go! Go!